The following broadcast is released under a Creative Commons license. I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. I believe He lived and died, and that He rose again. I believe and trust in Him. Ascended into hell, Christ our living head will one day come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe and trust in Him. I will trust in my Redeemer, sing of His love. That lasts forever Know His hope And sure salvation I will trust in Him Though the world Falls around me I rest And know That He has found me Christ the rock Is my Welcome all to Pastor Yeshua. You've been listening to Creed by Richard Jensen from his album, Order of Service. By way of introduction, Pastor is an acrostic which stands for Preaching All Salvation Through One Redeemer. Our Redeemer, Yeshua, Jesus, is the Hebrew name for the Lord. It means Yahweh, the Lord, is salvation. Translated from Hebrew into the Greek language, the name Yeshua becomes Jesus. The English transliteration for Jesus is Jesus. This program deals with apologetics, questions on and about God, the Bible, and the Christian faith. I take questions and seek by Scripture to give answers and encouragement for everyone, including the tough-minded living in today's skeptical society. And now, let's join Pastor Yeshua. Welcome to Pastor Yeshua. Presently, by God's grace, we are undertaking a complete exegetical study of Paul's letter to the Romans. In our last episode, we examined Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. In this episode, we continue our trek verse by verse through Paul's epistle to the Romans. Keep in mind, as stated, that Paul is now on his third missionary journey, riding from the city of Corinth to the church at Rome where Paul has yet visited. Let's continue our study of Romans with chapter 1, verse 24. In verse 24, we continue the logical flow which began uh, two episodes ago with verse 18 of chapter 1, wherein we saw that the wrath of God was being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. We saw in verses uh, 19 and 20 following that there was a truth which was given by God which could be known by all mankind 
uh, be it unregenerate or not, which was given to all people invisible from the creation of the world. We postulated that this truth originates from man's conscience or soul or spirit, which God gives to every man. Secondly, we postulated that this knowledge or truth was limited in the sense that it was able to convict man, but it was absent the effectual call of God to bring any given man to salvation. So this truth that's given by God is simply limited to convicting man and standing as a witness against an unregenerate man. In verses 21, 22, and 23, we see that the natural result of these people who have this knowledge and are convicted progressively leads to an increasing hardness of the heart wherein as they continue to deny and to rebel against God, God progressively delivers them over to a corrupt mind where rather than reverencing, honoring, and worshiping God, they instead they are turned to their own uh, imaginations where they begin to worship the creature rather than the creator. In verse 24, as we ended up our last podcast, we saw that this progression leads to the point where God gives the unregenerate up to their own nature at its lowest level, like water which seeks its lowest level, and that unregenerate mind turns to our own lusts of our own heart, and eventually we dishonor our own bodies between ourselves. In this uh, episode, we start with verse 25, where we continue seeing this process. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So the starting point is that we must understand that God is the ultimate source of authority for meaning, morals, truth, beauty, significance, and reality. His word are truth and reality. However, the unregenerate start out in opposition and rebellion to God. They are simply the opposite of that. So as sin and rebellion increases and is confronted by God's displeasure and opposition and ultimate wrath, it becomes increasingly necessary for the unregenerate to attempt to remedy the conflict. One classic method to accomplish this is to attempt through various means to transform, to debate, to devalue or eliminate the truths of God found in the Bible and attempt to paint them as, quote, myth, legend, fairy tale, contradictions, fabrications, and ultimately a lie, unquote. By building enough of a house of cards to hide behind, the unregenerate can safely pretend that God does not exist, that God is a myth, that the Bible is simply a work of fiction. This then gives them a sense of license for, the, uh, for their unregeneracy to do whatever is right in their own eyes and to call it good. 
In the place of God, each person or the consensus of people in their agreed-upon communities give themselves legal consent to do whatever they want, which is okay, according to the majority. So man has now appointed himself, the creature, as God, and God, any God other than man, is an obstacle to the process. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Now here, the word use is the Greek word kresis, which means employment, or especially sexual intercourse as an occupation of the body. Now, you might be thinking, or even asking, what in the world, why of all things does Paul, why of all things does Scripture, and ultimately God, if we were to be clear, choose sexual relationships to be the thing which is affected here in this verse when mankind rebels against God? Uh, is Paul and or God simply using sexual relationships as a whipping post to rail against? What is going on here? Well, as it turns out, this is where going beyond shallow Sunday school and or secular Bible understanding is critical. The creation of Adam and Eve and the creation ordinance of marriage between one man and one woman goes way beyond some mythology. It goes way beyond an explanation of the existence of mankind from Bronze Age shepherds in the field. It is the first and the greatest tapestry of type and shadow given by God of the ultimate understanding of his substantive plan and the reality of the relationship between Christ and his elect, the church. Paul makes this very clear in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. Quote, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. 
For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see she reverence her husband." Unquote. So, to be clear, since Christ is the agent of creation, according to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, then Christ is the architect, the contractor, the sustainer, and finisher of marriage. The blueprint and design is a rigid, non-negotiable plan which is intended to point towards the greater plan and design of creation, restoration, justification, sanctification, and glorification. It is the heart and soul of God's restored fellowship with his elect, the church, Consequently, when we remove God from the blueprint due to rebellion and replace it with what is with doing what is right in our own eyes, then God removes himself from the equation and delivers those people to the inevitable course of their own nature of sin. Those relationships which God created, designed, and would otherwise bless then gradually deteriorate and become debased. Once we damage and remove the beauty of anything, all that is left is the profane, the ugly, the vile, the unnatural which is against God. It would be one thing to do this accidentally, but given any knowledge, revelation, or information that God is the one defining ultimate authority and setting the terms for what is beautiful, true, good, and natural, then any departure from this stands as rebellion, an intentional act in spite of what is known to be true. The final phase, once the sufficiency of Scripture is abandoned, is to accuse God of being unloving or to reinterpret portions of Scripture to approve of one's personal sin. Then those who hold to the sufficiency of God's Word are demonized likewise as being unloving and hateful. For more information on the biblical understanding of marriage, I would direct those interested to the five-part episode entitled Questions About Biblical Marriage. Verse 27. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their own lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. So, contrary here to the whims and imaginations of unregenerate mankind, God designed, created, ordained, and blessed the proper use and context of sexual relationships to be honorable only between one man and one woman within the union of marriage. As previously stated in Questions About Biblical Marriage, 
Scripture makes it clear that ultimately we are created by God. We are property of God, and our bodies are not our own. We have a fiduciary relationship with God, wherein we are indebted to use everything that God gives us to His glory and not our own unilaterally. There is therefore a quote-unquote natural and ordained quote-unquote use of one another's bodies within marriage which honors and glorifies God and anything and everything else dishonors God as well as ourselves and those with whom we choose to engage in such relationships. I believe that Paul starts in verse 26 with the woman because originally the woman was meant to be a helpmate to Adam because God saw that it was not good for Adam to be alone. Once any woman forgets that God ordained purpose given at creation, she ceases to function in the role given and ordained by God, thus she dishonors God her intended helpmate, and herself. Verse 27 is likewise complimentary, reminding us that every man has the obligation, if he's not going to remain single, to fulfill his role and to be a helpmate to his wife, i.e. a woman, and to her needs in order to honor God, honor his wife, and honor himself. Here the word unseemly, the root word here pertains to the idea of a model, a template, a blueprint of something that was the intended design given, which has now been departed from, or has become deformed, or bears little or no resemblance to the beauty of the intended idea. The word receiving is to receive the logical consequence of what we initiate. It's like a boomerang that once thrown will inevitably return with like force. Recompense. Here the word is to receive the wages or payment of what we have worked for and what we have now earned as our due reward. The word error is simply wandering, being led astray from the right, the correct, or the true path or direction. The word meet should be better translated proper, right, true, correct, or natural. So we have God who is the ultimate authority for all truth and reality, including the proper relationships between man and wife, and sexual relationships. Then, here we have those who rebel against God and his authority, and as a result, God delivers the unregenerate over to their own nature of sin, and progressively, once the boomerang is launched, it reaches its full effect with the logical consequence of abandoning in any God and any truth which God has proclaimed and comes back to us full force with its de devastating consequences.
Verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Here, verse 28 shows the axiomatic truth and reality of the tension between sin, rebellion, separation, and being unregenerate, and those who are God's elect. Ultimately, the unregenerate have an increasing hostility towards God, God's word, and God's people. The reason is that all of these things stand as the salt and light to expose their sin and rebellion. They all, to one degree or another, serve to convict them. God and the unregenerate are polarized. The greater the rebellion, the greater the hostility. The greater the hostility, the greater the rebellion increases. The end result is that God's wrath is poured out and only an eternity of endless hate and hostility, separation, and suffering are the logical conclusion. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. Now, verses 29 through 31 provide 23 characteristics which are consistent with the nature of the unregenerate and or their lack of their submission to God's sanctifying work. Let's look at each of these words here because each one has a specific meaning when looked at in the Greek. The first word is unrighteousness. In Greek, adakia. It means wrongdoing, iniquity, vice, contrary to established justice, righteousness, or good. Fornication is the Greek word pornea. It's where we get our word pornography i elicit sexual intercourse any sexual gratifying activity outside the covenant relationship of marriage between one man and one woman wickedness is the greek word palmyria it means depravity malice evil doing evil purposes and desires Covetousness is the Greek word pleonexia. It's a greedy desire to have more. It's an avarice. Maliciousness is the word, Greek word kakia. It means badness and quality, vicious character, an ill will, a desire to injure. Envy. Phothonos, it means a feeling of displeasure produced by witnessing or hearing of the advantage or prosperities of others. It's a malicious jealousy. The word murder is the Greek word phonos. It's translated murder, slaughter, or to slay. The word debate is the Greek word eris. It means strife contention, discord, or quarreling. The word deceit, dolos, 
It means cunning, treachery, craft, guile. The word malignity in Greek is kakothea, which means bad character, depravity of the heart, craftiness. It's the willful tendency to put the worst meaning on everything. And finally, we have the word whisperers in this verse, which in the Greek is theristis, which means a rumor monger, a slanderer, a detractor, someone who secretly or behind the scenes undermines and destroys. Verse 30 continues the list. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. The word backbiters is the Greek word katalelos. It means evil speaking, defamer, slanderer, or backbiter. Haters of God, theostigis. It's a hater of God, a atheist, a scorner, someone who's contemptuous of sacred things. Despiteful is the Greek word hybristis. It means treat insultingly, disdain, to insult, to reproach, to be uplifted with pride, to be insolent. The word proud in Greek is hyperophanos. It means arrogant, insolent, haughty, one who in his heart sets himself upon a pedestal above all others, even above God. A boaster in Greek, alazon, a bragger, one who makes boasts and false promises, often for the purpose of gain. Inventors of evil things, ephuritis kakos, it means an inventor, a contriver of destructive, bad, base, evil, or wicked customs, rites, or fashions. And finally, we have disobedient to parents, which is apathes, which is to be unpersuadable, non-compliant, or disobedient. And verse 31 completes the list, saying, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. The phrase without understanding in Greek, asthenetos, it's incapable of understanding spiritual things, unintelligent, even stupid. Covenant breakers, asithnetos, means faithless, covenant breaking, one who doesn't keep their word. Without natural affection, in the Greek, astorogos, it's to be unsociable, inhuman, unloving, without tenderness a lack of natural feelings and concerns about others, the neglect of family members or loved ones, implacable in Greek, aspondos, one who refuses to reach a truce or covenant, and finally unmerciful, aneliamon, which is without pity and merciless. And finally, to finish chapter 1, we have verse 32 saying, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So, 
Remember, according to the revelation of verses 18 through 22, God provides a basic conscience which in its fallen state is enough to know the basic existence and knowledge of God and provides a basis by which every man is guilty before God. And here we see that that basic knowledge extends to the understanding that God is going to judge or that God is the judge of all mankind. Further, the known consequence for man's state of rebellion and being unregenerate is death. However, the result of man's ultimate rebellion brings him to the point where he is able to rationalize, excuse, redefine, reinterpret, defy, or ignore God. However, it's not enough to rebel against God. In order to feel good about themselves, the unregenerate must find a way to see themselves and others like them as actually good. Thus, good becomes evil, and evil becomes good, so that the unregenerate are no longer under condemnation. This concludes this episode. This also concludes chapter 1 of Romans. Now, if you have any questions about God, the Bible, or the Christian faith, I encourage you to send me an email at pastor underscore Yeshua at yahoo.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R underscore Y-E-S-H-U-A at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Trust in Him. I will trust in